Issy indeed. Welcome in this morning. Fourth of the fourth. Oh, well and truly autumnal, isn't it? Just after six o'clock, it's Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Daggy is living it up in Paris underneath the Eiffel Tower with his picnic blanket. And Kempi, you're back from Northland. How you doing after a big weekend? Yeah, it was a big weekend. Uh, mate, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. The sun was out uh, up north and got quite a bit of work done. Uh, decided to come home last night because of one thing or another. And um, yeah, looking looking forward to um, hooking into it today. Lots on. Absolutely. Masters coming up. Uh, did, did a few uh, crosses to Sydney yesterday to the SEN team over there and yeah, well, that's another story. We'll talk about that off the back fence. That's going to be a load of fun. It's a Tuesday that is busy. You're right, um Last week felt like a little bit of a flat spot, to be honest, just in the sporting calendar. There was, there's plenty going on, but it was almost kind of like one of those weeks, and you get these throughout the year that kind of everything's just treading water. You know that there's more coming up. And this week, you're right, it's Masters week. It's Easter coming up, which, oh, Masters weekend over Easter. Like, is there a better combination? <laughs> Isn't that just perfect for watching as much of it as you possibly can? Well, I'd throw in a couple of horse races and and uh, some NRL to boot and maybe a super rugby game. I think I think there's no better way to spend uh, an, an Easter. Um, yeah, often turning on the, the golf on a on on the last day to see who's um, who's actually up the top and always plays out. As you know, always lots of stories that play out in that in that final day. The interesting part in this one is that they've got 18 LIV players playing in the 2023 Masters. You've got all of this angst and criticism out there in the in the playground, um, and I just got thinking about whether or not, if you were a player and you were an LIV player playing in the Masters, how much sort of effort, more effort, you would put in into it. To actually get a win, and oh. and on the opposite side of it, you got the other blokes, the Rory McIlroy's, for instance, saying, "Mate, we cannot lose this one." So, if you think about it like that, is there like party tents the night or the week leading into the Masters that say, "Hey, boys, this is actually match play. We have to win this game. We have to give our names the biggest shout out." So. That's the interesting part about me. I think this this year, the Masters plays out uh, for a lot of other different reasons than actually just finding out who the champion is. Love it. And it's, do you know, the one person who would totally agree with you would say, yes, there will be, would want that more than anything is Greg Norman. Because he said that he wants, if a live player wins the Masters, he wants the rest of the live players to storm the green. Storm the 18th green and like <laughs> pick them up and cheer lift them off like a, like a surfing event. So Greg Norman, for one, I also know for a fact, Kempe, that the live players, they would love nothing more to stick it to the rest of them and to win this. They are very, very, very excited. So that's this weekend. There's so much going on uh, with the oval ball as well because, well, AFL's into its week five, four. Just said, uh, Super- oh, here you go, Louis. Just got your back dropped out for a second there. Yeah, it's just, this has been a weekend of this. It's nothing better than just cutting out for three seconds at a time, is there? Um, and... Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm starting to smack my head against this desk. Anyway, I was just saying, overball can be, and we've got so much momentum building off that. And uh, on the NRL, we do, we're going to talk some NRL today. We're going to talk some Warriors after eight, after eight, aren't we? Yeah, we're talking to Richie Agar today. Um, he's a good bloke, Richie. He's uh, he's very solid in his, um, I guess, what do you call it? Like previews and, and, and the way he thinks that, Games should be played, but also afterwards, he, you know, I have a chat to him offline and talk about how things going, and he's just so honest. You know, he's, he reminds me like his father, um, as a coach when I was playing for Castleford, was really honest. You know, he used to, you, you think you go all right, and he'd come and sit you down in the change room and he'd give you an absolute tune up and say, you know, <laughs> keep your feet on the ground, you're not going that well. There's these things in your game that you need to sort out. I'll always remember that about Alan, who is Richie's old man, you know, and, um, Richie strikes me as the the same the same type of bloke, and we've talked a number of times about the Warriors and this effort that they've been putting in. Man, the socials have been going crazy about the Warriors. Like, <laughs> you just got to be careful. It's round five, you know. Like, especially <laughs> in house. I saw one. I saw one. I started to laugh. It was, it was, a train in a tube station, and people pushing people in. You couldn't get in it, and it was a Warriors social, and it said. <laughs> Fans trying to get back on the Warriors train, and I was like, "Oh, don't be yelling that one out yet, you know. <laughs> don't be yelling that one out yet. It's round five, um, but I reckon in a couple of weeks' time we're going to start making some calls. I reckon after this weekend, uh, we're going to start making some calls on the shape of the season because I think last weekend uh, we're starting to get a good look at what it actually looks like, and after this weekend, I've had a look at the." the schedule, I think he can start now saying, right, well, these look like the teams that will probably be making the eight and these look like the teams that are going to be struggling for the rest of the year. Keeping your feet on the ground is so hard. It is like you have to super glue yourself to the ground if you want to do it. It's so hard. It's so hard not to get swept up in it, Kempi. We'll talk to Richie after eight. After seven, we'll do some Premier League with Luke Thrower. He's the reporter out of London because the London teams, while turbulence would be uh, kind, it would be a kind way to describe it. George Chittick, son of Mark, grandson of Gary. Well, he Good was bike. at Royal Randwick. Yeah, he's a ripper. He's a ripper, young George. And young he was at. He was at... Um, Randwick accepting the TJ Smith trophy for I Wish I Would in the Weekend, so we'll catch up with him. Kempi, um, and, and this UFC-WWE situation, we're going to talk about that in just a bit, but is, oh, I'm curious because the Warriors thing, as you said, the social media, they and we've said this before, they're the sleeping giant of New Zealand sport. If the Warriors started, if the Warriors actually were contending for a title, we'd forget a Rugby World Cup, like forget anything else. There'd be nothing like it. Can you feel the ground swell in week five? Like, can you actually feel it? Because I can down here. People are talking about it in the supermarket again. People are genuinely talking about the Warriors, like on the street. They want to talk to you about the Warriors. It's it's like a movement. It is It is like a movement. It's like a slow-moving steam train that, you know, if it gets its speed up, it becomes you know, an electric train and then one of those Japanese speed trains if they're going to the finals, you know, and everyone's trying to... I, look, I totally agree that everyone jumps back on board. It's not more or less that they jump on board. It's like they they know and want um, success for the club. So they know it. They know what it looks like. And, of course, they don't get it that often. They want as much of they as much of it as possible, but it's so far between. It's like, it's like getting, you know, a nice bottle of red wine and you go... 
actually, I'm not going to get another one of those for a while. I'm going to put that over there, <laughs> and I know what it really tastes like, but I'm going to go and get it oh, maybe next year or the year after, you know what I mean? And and what's happening at the moment, like, I'll give you an example. A mate of mine, okay, so a mate of mine, he's a mate of my nephews, they grew up, they grew up, they were kids, they grew up with me. He used to play footy in the backyard, and used to, I used to tell him, you know the no mercy rule. His name's Philip Yarrow. They own Yarrow's Bakery down in Taranaki. Philip's the CEO. All right, so he's 38 now, Phil. And um, I, see, I saw a photo on social yesterday of his baby, and it's cooing into the, in the cot, and he's going, oh, the feeling of a warrior's win. Well, Yarrow's a rugby through and through. It's Yarrow Stadium in Taranaki. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Yarrow's across the Bumblebee yeah. jersey down at the the cow the Calton. You know what I mean? So I just had to have a laugh, and I was just about to text him, and he'll be listening, and I know you're listening, Phil. I was just about to text him saying, "Come on, mate, don't forget you're Yarrow's rugby man, not the Warriors." Just so the Warriors are listening. There's a sponsor. Go and chase him. Um, but it is like the Warriors are so. They're, they're in the hearts of every sporting person. Like some, some of the sporting people, like some of their oh. socials, it's, it's just like, man, everyone is just grabbing at that. Oh, I can feel it again, you know? So good on them. It's like a dormant volcano. And it's just been bubbling and it's been suppressed. And a lot of these fans have been fans previously. Like a lot of the fans, especially my dad's generation, like my dad was – in love with the Ando Kempi teams, you know, like that, that, you know, that, that era of fan. And then slowly maybe they've lost interest. And this, this is, we've got to talk about, we're not talking about the diehard Warriors fans here. We're talking about the transient sports fans that support, you know, New Zealand teams when they're having success. And I hate it when people kind of say, oh, if you're not a diehard, don't bother. Because that's actually, that's, that's not the bulk of sports fans. 90% 90% of sports fans are transient. They come and they go. And they support when it's the times are good. And then they kind of they watch from the outside of the window when times aren't good. And that's fine. I just think that's the way it is. And right now, the volcano is starting to percolate. It's starting to bubble. And coming to the surface are these fans coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> and they're stopping you in the supermarket. It's so good. And, there's, and, of course, there's more and more of them these days. The younger people these days, they are so transient. You know, they'll jump out of the UFC into the rugby league, back into the soccer. You know, then the boxing comes on. Then they'll go on, uh, you know, just watching people. TikTok. Pl- oh, <laughs> mate, they'll just be watching people playing Space Invaders. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? So it's a, yep. yeah, it is a, look, it's a wonderful um, time to be a Warriors fan and a, transi- and a transient Warriors fan at the moment. No, nothing is better in this country than the Warriors on a roll. I guarantee it. Because you have such a short window for the All Blacks. You know, the All Blacks have a short window of international football and the country goes absolutely crazy. But that's a short window. This is the year. If they go on a roll through the year, Monday morning for a Warriors fan, if you're even a transient fan, it's so good. It is so good. And don't underestimate the amount of uh, overable fans that were left on the table by New Zealand Rugby over the last few while. Because there is a whole lot, it's a whole group of people that have been disenfranchised by rugby union, whether it's rules, whether whether it's this, the governing body's performance, whether it was this coaching saga, whether it was the team's performance. And if, uh, you know, Kiwis are patriotic. If the uh, best league team can be succeeding consistently, oh, watch it swell. This is going to be such a fun time. Well, even Ian Stockley-Smith, he's converted. You know, he's, he's, he? he's written a sermon on it. 
He loves watching <laughs> rugby league. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So yes, you're right around conversion um, at the moment. I think the Warriors are on the back of that. Uh, one New Zealand announced this big um, black spot, never again thing and like mate driving to Taranaki I don't know what it's like for you driving down to Christchurch but you drive to Taranaki from Auckland you got no phone coverage and the timing for one New Zealand one Warriors all that one let's get together I asked Cam George that question what does one mean now I think at the moment what we're seeing is a team becoming one and one with the country you know what I mean the transient fans the fans everything you're talking about these works well look at all the brands come out let's get some t-shirts going it's too easy, isn't it? It's too easy, really. Double eight, double three. The Temper Bed Post text machine is there for you all morning long. We're here till nine o'clock. It's Louis and Kempi, and of course that Kennard's high phone lines oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Who's the person in your life that's that volcano bubbling? Who's that? Who's that fan that's just been looking through the window on the outside, and he's just started to open the, the crack in the door and just peer his eyes through and watch the Warriors? Who is it? Who's that person in your life? I'd love to know because there'll be plenty of them and there'll just be more and more the more they keep winning. Um, speaking of the business of sport, Kempe, oh, you don't get a bigger story than this. UFC, I've bought 51% of, well, they're going to go launch a new business with the WWE for 51%. Um, the group of people that own the UFC, massive, massive, massive players. And... <sighs> Well, the WWE have had the entertainment kind of fight business cornered for decades and until the UFC have come and taken a big slice of it. They're combining their powers and they're going to be a behemoth in this space. This is a really smart move, consolidating their assets and I think the deal was worth ooh, uh, $18 billion or something. It's, yeah, it's up, up around $21 billion. $21 billion. So, oh. <laughs> just small change for these blokes. Seriously though, like twenty one billion dollars a new sports entity. They haven't named it yet. They're gonna have this corner, this side of the market. If I was boxing, I'd be terrified. For the fight, the fight sports uh, market is gonna be completely shaken up by this. And hopefully, we can talk about it throughout the morning. Twenty one billion in live sports, and they this is so they haven't even got their uh, media rights or anything. This is what the company's been valued at with what the USC and the WWE was valued at. They're going to essentially go off now and try to sell their media rights. They come up in 2025. Um, they're going to go and essentially they'll be able to run operations. It's a bit like the TAB Intain situation. They'll be able to consolidate their assets, run their uh, run their operations via the same business. They'll also be able to work the calendar and mould the calendar so they don't, they're never clashing. They can roll people into other people. They can maybe have one streaming service, one provider, so everybody, UFC fans that like WWE can go to one place. It makes perfect sense. The one thing I didn't notice in this press release, though, was does it mean that the fighters are going to be paid more? And <laughs> Naturally, they didn't mention the fighters <laughs> in, in any of the uh, Vince McMahon or Dana White or or the companies um, kind of, uh, well, in they did a big interview about it, uh, Endeavour announcing their takeover, and nothing was really mentioned about the fighters. So that's pretty classic. But this is huge business news, isn't it, Kimby? It's absolutely massive. And these mergers are, look, I think they are all going to come around more often, I think, in the future, um, especially when you're talking about, they're talking about a $21 billion valued business and, a billion people that actually tune in. So let's have a think about that. They have a billion people <laughs> that tune in, and it's valued at $21 billion, and there's a fight between Hulk Hogan and 
Israel Adesanya and a billion people pay 21 bucks, they get their money back in the first fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's I, just insane money that they're talking about when you put the numbers together as simple as that. One billion viewers at $21 billion with one fight. Well, you, you're right in the sense that you know, what's the big trend at the moment? Well, it's crossover. It's UFC fighters fighting in boxing. It's WWE fighters fighting in UFC. And now they've got two of the biggest brands and they can do what they like. Um, I'm really interested to see what happens for the fighters here and what this means for the athletes. But it's a great question, Kempi. What does this mean? What's next? Well, 20 minutes past six. Can't wait question of the day. Look, I think UFC and... And WWE have absolutely got this bang on. They're two brands that make perfect sense. They'll be stronger together. There's power in one, as the Warriors know. So the UFC and WWE merging into one ultimate fight entertainment company, it it makes perfect sense. Which two sports leagues organizations should follow suit next? Who is it? Because there'll there'll be more of this. Consolidation is perfect. It makes perfect sense in a lot of aspects, in a lot of business, and this does. You got an idea, Kempi? You want to save it for after this? I'll save it for after this. I've got a, I've got a good idea, but I know what will wind people up. Um, I'll, I'll give the good idea. I'll give the good idea. <laughs> Please give both. Please give both. <laughs> double eight, double three. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. UFC and WWE. They've now become a behemoth. What are two sports leagues? or organisations that should follow suit and amalgamate. What makes sense to you? Give us a call. Come through. Love to hear from you. Here with Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. It's 21 minutes past six. 26 minutes past six o'clock, of course. Quizzy Dag with Kempi. Kempi Dag. No, I can never get that right. The quiz with Kempi coming up before the end of the hour. So you get your chance to win yourself a $50 bonus bet. But the WWE and UFC have formed a new $21 billion, and that's US, I'm pretty sure, uh, it is US billion dollar uh, sports business. Who are and who should merge next in the sporting realm? I'll lob one out to you, Kempi, and I know you'll appreciate this one. Who could work together? Who's got a similar product of cutting edge technology that, with a amalgamated brand, could go to another level? What about Sale GP and Formula One? Mm. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, Sale GP, and uh, my, I'm, I'm sold on Sale GP. I think after watching the F, F1 in Melbourne on the weekend too, what a fantastic event that was. Um, I think the two of them coming together and running off each other's IP would be absolutely fantastic. Um, another one, a, a real simple one for me would be NRL soaking up the NZRL, merging that. Um, that is, I think, will happen. So um, that'll happen in the future. But what about this one? PGA LIV. <laughs> it's going to happen. So, you know, that's funny. I th- I actually spent probably about 90 seconds in that ad break thinking about that. <laughs> and it, and it, so they, they need to work, they need to be cohesive on the calendar, but they could never be owned by the same business, could they? Because that's what the PGA Tour was, and the, the whole point of live was to create another marketplace. But they need to work cohesively, so they need to amalgamate at some, to some degree, don't they? Well, you'd, you'd think about it, like Vince McMahon, an absolute genius, retired, comes back, and within months has got a $21 billion deal over the table with the UFC. Okay, yeah. so... 
Here's a pragmatic approach. Let's say that. All right. Okay. I know I've built this wonderful brand, but I'm retired. But hey, I haven't got enough. And yes, you can have it. Okay. But just give me $21 billion. <laughs> now, that pragmatic approach is you've actually got quite a bit of money in that event, LIVPGA. Mm. The pragmatic approach would be like that simple equation. We've got the product, we've got the viewer, this is what it's worth together. Now, the egos at the table, can they do that? I don't know, but I just think a merger between PGA and LIV. Did Danny Lee have a bad word to say about the LIV? Not, not a lick of it. Not a lick. That's exactly right. So why is everyone slagging off, apart from the obvious, the golfers in LIV? Because it's not the golf, all the it's not the golfers or the game. It is it is another issue, isn't it? If we're talking purely, how do we merge two games together? Well, I think you merge the PJ and the LIV together. Very interesting, Kimpy. Very interesting. I thought about it. I thought about it. I like it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting one. Hey, another one I could think about as far as soaking up and becoming a, a kind of a like along your NRL NZ. RL, hey, this needs to happen to this to go to the next level. Well, what about the NBA getting involved with the M- the Australian NBL as an official? Because currently they send their young Americans still. A lot of these young Americans are using it as the platform to go into the NBA draft. Well, what about if we just, we you know, cut it and we finally said, all right, look, the NBL is now going to be a wing of the NBA and we're going to use it as a feeder, almost like a, a G League in this part of the world because they've got their G League in America. Well, what about if we just make it official and we say this is now... The Australasian NBA G League, I could see that working. And we've got uh, trolls on the text line saying TVNZ and RNZ. We don't have time for that this morning. Uh, it is <laughs> Aroha's news about <laughs> it. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Joey's got some sports headlines for us on the other side. But who else needs to merge? Sports clubs, sports leagues, sports organisations, sports. Double eight, double three. Get in touch. <laughs> Twenty-seven from seven, and it's a busy Tuesday in sports. Well and truly autumn, fourth of April. Welcome back in. Let's get some headlines now with Joe Power, your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Joey, what do you have for us? Dunedin swimmer Erica Fairweather has broken her national record in the four hundred meter freestyle to become the sixth fastest woman ever over the distance. The nineteen-year-old recorded a time of four minutes and less than a second at the national championships in Auckland moving to six on the international all-time list. And last night, boys, the Pulse lost their fourth consecutive game after giving up an early lead to the Mystics as the Auckland side maintained their lead at the top of the table. And talking about UFC and WWE, over the weekend it was WrestleMania and Triple H, who's in charge of WWE now, having uh, given that Vince McMahon has stepped down, said that WrestleMania 39 smashed the record for viewership for Gates, for sponsorship, for merchandise, for social media, everything. So WWE is in a very good place at the moment, Louis. That's what you call selling high, Joe. Tradies and builders, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass, and they've done that. Hey, Erica Fairweather, she's a star. 
She is a genuine star. That was amazing. She's going to go under four minutes eventually, Kempe, and uh, it's about time. Lewis Clearbird obviously doing great things as well. We've got some great young swimmers, and it's about time, isn't it? Yeah, oh, look, I think our sports people across the board, our young sports people coming through, um, Erica included, is like our future is bright. You know, if you, look, if you look at our track and field, if you look at our swimmers, if you look at our snow sports, oh, you know, yeah. It, um, if you look at our sailors, you know GP, our GP. Uh, I guess the future, because that's the mo- that's the most important thing for me is that GP sale comes back to New Zealand year on year out. Um, have you bought stock? Have you have you invested? Uh, he, well, I'm watching that space. I'm watching. I actually think, like I said, that right from day one. I think it's it's embryonic. Yeah, I think it's really early, um, and I've, I've had a real good conversation about where it's headed, but it's sort of like um, at the moment you pick up, you know, you pick up the the paper or you're looking at your socials and you're going, really, Are our Kiwi sports people going that well? Like the one that the one that you you um, obviously breaking eleven seconds for a female sprinter, you Zoe, know, Hobbs. Zoe Zoe Hobbs. Yeah. Like I looked at that and went. And that is pretty quick. Hundred percent. It's another one. It's another like. It's about time we had another track at star. It's about time we had another swimming star. Do you know what's next? Which is left on the table. Where is our next Maz Quinn Ricardo Christie that takes it to the next level? That next Paige Harabella Williams that goes to the next level. When are we going to have a star surfer? I've just been waiting for uh, oh decades now, and I can't wait. And I think it's coming because, you, as you know, Kimpy, our coastlines are so rich. We've got so many keen surfers out there. I think it's coming in the next decade, and I can't wait for it. And the other one I thought was maybe WSL and X Games. Imagine if they ran. Every year, the final of the WSL can coincide with the X Games, yeah, and they kind of went all in on that adventure sport. I, I think, I think what you'd have, like, you'd have the adrenaline New Zealand junkies that love all that stuff, taking it out here, and they tried it with the Waterman, um, a sort of concept that they brought down here. Uh, we just didn't have the big waves and bits and pieces like that. But um, just to touch on the next surfing, uh, I guess icon from New Zealand is it Kehu Butler? Like he's gone and won a couple of uh, recent events. You know he's been around. He's still young enough to to get Harold on that tour. Oh, uh, Kehu, would he be twenty one at the moment? If that, so I might be I might be proven wrong. If you know young twenty three, twenty three, yeah. So he's young enough, and and twenty three in surfing's pretty old. You know what I mean? So he'd have to make yeah. it in the next year or two. Yeah, that's right. I reckon it's happening though, and I think I think. Whether it's Kehu or he might be again another another person to um, kind of build, another building block. Uh, Dale says Warriors Blues Kimpy. <laughs> hey, look, Dale, I think you're onto something. I think that's the one that really people should actually buy into the Crusaders and the Southern Bears. You know, the Warriors and the Blues, the the Hurricanes and the Orcas. You know, rugby league and rugby union housed in the same stadium, using the same facilities run by the same CEO, using the same pathways, having the same high performance centres. Man, that makes total sense, doesn't it? It's too, it's too logical. I I don't know the history here, but have because I know in Australia, like um, the netball scenes, a lot of them pair up with the AFL teams. Has there ever been was there ever discussion of the you know the 
why Bot Magic to be part of the Chiefs organization, or you know, vice versa, or I, I don't, I don't know the history there, but that seems like it would make sense, you know, have have the Crusaders and the Tactics under the same umbrella, or I mean, I think we actually we, haven't we had this conversation before, Kimpy, about how amalgamation in club sport was so important, and it's kept some rural towns the pulse alive, and 100%. it shouldn't be. And it shouldn't be looked at with the sideways eye. It should be embraced, and there probably needs to be more of it. It's like the race courses. Yeah. If I, if I just real briefly explain that. So the economies in rural towns were so good back in the day. So you'll, And I'll use my hometown as a prime example. We had Subaru, car manufacturer, Swan Dry, and they, you know, the big Swannies that every, every, every hunter's wearing at the moment, and the Freezing Works is yep. the three biggest industries in that small town. Now, because of the money, and of course we had the we had Mutsunui and Methanex were the two gas providers. So because of those big five industries that were in, in town, they threw money at the community and every sports club got a club. Now when they went out, now we've got all these defunct clubs that can't house anyone. Amalgamation of one club for, for that small communal, uh, that community just makes total sense. Everything should be, because what you've got is the same commodity, which is the person, the player, the athlete, that just goes and changes their uniform. They don't need to change their house. Completely agree. And it works at grassroots level, probably should be embraced more. And at the professional level, well, it's a recession. There's no shame in it. The WWE are selling high to the UFC, and they're going to become a behemoth, a powerhouse. I think you'll see more of it in the sports business, especially in, and in media as well. Media is the other industry that's ripe for amalgamation and um, uh, all sorts of buyouts and combinations so there will be more of it uh, Chris put the boot in I reckon NZR could do wonders for the grassroots game in New Zealand imagine that a governing body committed to the future what you want New Zealand rugby to amalgamate with the grassroots of rugby it's very pithy Chris <laughs> very pithy indeed it's 20 away from 7 we're going to play Quizzy Dag after this 0800 150 811 Kempi's got the answer, the questions and the answers I hope I've got some terrible clues if you want a $50 bonus bet it's honestly really easy you just have to call in and answer a couple of questions. 0800 150 811. Talk to you then. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzes on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, that's right. The Kempe Quiz because Izzy Dag is up there drinking bar, some nice red wine underneath. The Eiffel Tower saw on the socials this morning. 0800-150811. If you're a new caller, we're going to put you straight to the front and you'll get yourself a $50 TAB bonus bet. Uh, we're going to go to the lines and we're going to talk to John in Christchurch. Morning, John. Yeah, I'm good, mate. And you? I hope you're well. First question, a record number of Premier League coaches have been sacked this season. How many... <laughs> You got Louis. Did you say a record number? (laughs) A record number. A record number of Premier League coaches in the EPL. How many? Okay. 
sorry, mate, I couldn't hear you. Um, four, I'll go four again. It's the EPL, all right? Okay, it's the EPL. They sack him. They, it's like they they have a list every more every year, and on the list there's like ten coaches. So it's a record number. All right, sorry, John. We're going to Richie in Upper Hut. Morning, Richie. Morning, Kimpy. Oh, if we go Rick Hill, then you said 10, 12. Oh, good. Jeez. What the? Good guess, Richie. That's a great guess. Second question. Which WWE star has won the UFC heavyweight belt? Great flat top. Is that John Cena? You can't see me. <laughs> no, don't forget you can ask Lou if you need a if you need a uh, a clue. No, then just ask the clue master, Louis Herman. What we're going to Brenton. Morning, Brenton. Hey, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, mate. Which WWE star has won the UFC heavyweight belt? Uh, I don't know. Can I have a clue? This is a massive cheat. An absolute cheat, a crook. <laughs> Juice to his gills. John Jones? I don't know. Allegedly, allegedly, by the way. I don't, I don't need any legal trouble. See ya, Brendan. Allegedly. Let's go to Lammy P. Naughty. Which WWE <laughs> star, Lammy, has won the UFC heavyweight belt? Uh, I think it's a useless fighter, Block Loose now, brother. <laughs> All right. Which, which female UFC fighter went the opposite yeah. way round from UFC champion to WWE oh, star? Oh, my God. Oh, fucking, what's your name? Oh, can I have a queen, please? Lemme. Oh, no. Lemme, you've been on the oh. piss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, but I can't remember it, but. Oh, yeah. Just give me a nickname. Are you asking Louis for a clue? Oh, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know what her nickname is. She's she's famous as she was in Fast and Furious. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. So next, but I know who it is, but I can't remember the name. Sorry, guys. Hey, Lemmy, just remember GA. This is a GA station. Okay, keep it clean. <laughs> now you go. You go away. And you have an orange juice. All right, let's go, to Leroy and Gisborne. Morning, Leroy. Morning, morning, Kippy Louis. Yeah, and no, I don't know. Uh, I have to get out of past the Kimby. There you go. Sorry, mate. We're going to Paul and Whangarei. How's the team? How are we? All good. Shane and Basler. What? Which female you have... Shane Oh, sorry. UFC. Carry on. <laughs> sorry. Oh, oh, ask it again. Blonde, ask it again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say it again, okay? Which female UFC fighter, so she's famous in the UFC first and foremost... Went the opposite way around. Ronda then Rousey. she joined the WWE as a star. Ronda Rousey. There you go. There you go. Just needed a little bit of a, a deep breath. Which team currently Just sits at the? To <laughs> which team? <laughs> which team currently sits at the top of the A League table? Uh, Sydney FC. No. Unlucky Port. Let's go to Grayson. Which team currently? Oh, good. Which team currently sits at the top of the A League table? Oh man, I'm going to take Stan Brisbane. Ooh, she's a toughie today. We're going to Nick and Wellington. Which team currently sits at the top of the A League table? Morning, kids. Is it Melbourne City? 
And here you go. For the $50 bonus bet, I wish I win won the Australian Group 1 race over the weekend. What's it called? Oh, what is it? The TJ Smith. Hey! hey there you go. Nick's coming off the back fence. Well done, Nick. You've picked up that $50 TA bet. We'll be back after this. We are three minutes away from 7 o'clock. We've got to talk some Premier League up after 7 o'clock. Yeah, 12 managers sacked this year alone. That's obviously more than half the league. It's um, it's even impressive for the Premier League. But right now, loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Click on loveracing.nz. Go to the website and you can find all the race meets. You can find all the replays, all your form, your sectionals. If you want to try and do your form a bit more, hasn't really been working for me recently, so... Um, yeah, just bear that in mind. It was a wicked day at Awapuni on Saturday, Kempi, and Pinyan for Lisa Ladder. The first Central Districts, or first, I think first Central Districts trained horse, at least Awapuni trained horse since the 70s to win the Manawatu Sires. And how about Christian Cully? Yeah. Cully being in the ownership. He'll be absolutely buzzing. Only paying 15 grand for that, uh, that, that one too, which is uh, <laughs> being paid back. A fair bit on that now, so um, I'm just really happy for Lisa. She's won three, as I said yesterday, she won three big races this year at good odds for the owners. Uh, so, you know, it's a real good story for the um, the Kiwi horse owner that, you know, in those big groups that own horses, and when you've got something at a $20, $30, $40 shot that gets up and beats the likes of Troy, um, Trobriand, you know, it is like, those are the those are the grandkids' stories. Like we were never going to win that race, you know. We knew it was good horse, and and it went out and it beat the legend Mark Walkie's on four thousand winners, and we just battling down here in Wanganui, and we've got ourselves a win. You know what I mean? So love I love that. Yeah. I love that story. It was a, hello, 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 hello. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Pinyan, absolutely. It's, it was doing this all weekend. I'm like talking, and then I'm not talking, and then I don't know, and then I carry on talking, and no idea what what words I've lost. Uh, yeah, Pinyan, that was awesome for Lisa Ladder. Brando, again, gee, he's found some amazing form in the uh, Awapuni Gold Cup as well. And Al had a couple of winners, Tav Attack and Sumi. Uh, we'll have to get an update. I don't know if you know, Kimpi, about Seamus, because mm. he... Looked like he pulled up a wee bit, saw the big boy, which should be yeah. a little bit concerning. Do you know anything more there? No, not no. I oh, will talk to Al though. I just um, yeah, he'll be a little bit worried about uh, Seamus. Uh, he did he did basically give us Sumi though. Remember that he did underline give us Sumi, which we we pushed out the eleven dollars. Uh, what a what a good good win that was. And Tavatak, what a run. Four minutes past seven o'clock. It's your Tuesday. In April, oh, she's getting cool outside, but how good is it to have some sunlight at about 7am and a little extra hour of sleep? So I hope you're feeling peppy because it's a big weekend. It was a big weekend in the sport and it's a big Tuesday in sport. It's Masters Week, of course. Brooks Kepka rolling from the Live Tour with some momentum to Augusta. The Warriors are the feel-good story of the week. The WWE and UFC have merged to become a super giant. And we've got Super Rugby, we got NZNBL, we've got, wow, literally a million things to get through this week, including some Premier League, because right now we have a game on and Tottenham are looking to go bang and get ahead of Manchester United and Newcastle on that point split for third to fifth. Kempe and Premier League, it's been heading up. 12 managers sacked. 
Oh, no, yesterday Chelsea joined Tottenham in their search for a new manager, Louis, following the club second of Graham Potter after less than a season in charge. It's been a turbulent couple of years for Chelsea and this move will have plenty of critiques with the London-based side set to face Real Madrid next week in the Champions League quarterfinals. We have Luke Thrower, who writes for Football London up there in the UK on the line. Morena Luke, or should I say, good evening, mate. How are you going? Not too bad. How are you guys? Mate, would you want to be a manager actually in the EPL these days, having 12 of them been sacked this year so far? Um, I'll tell you what, the, I reckon the payoff is decent, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a hard um, one. And are you support, what about the decision to, to to get rid of Potter? Is it the right one um, by Chelsea this uh, this part of the year? Um, it's it's bizarre. I don't know about the timing of it because it, it feels strange to have not maybe have done it sooner because there were the um, higher state games against Borussia Dortmund um, in the Champions League in the in the last round. Um, so it seems strange for them to do it the first game after an international break as well. But um, if if they feel like they've made a mistake, the best time to correct it is as soon as possible. But I suppose questions have to be asked about making the decision to hire him in the first place. That's right. But those people don't necessarily have to answer the questions, do they, Luke? And that's kind of how sport works. Um, they'll paper over the cracks and maybe just get a new, a new manager. There'll be lots of fancied clubs feeling a little bit down on their season this year and the EPL when you look at the ladder as a, a fair weather fan you might be forgiven to thinking it's a, a little bit confusing or a little bit upside down in parts what's the overarching storyline of a club overachieving or a club underachieving what's if somebody asks you at the pub what's the one that you just did not see either way for you um good question I suppose I, I could sort of feel the the Chelsea one because in terms of underachieving, I could I could feel that because um, Tuchel was very unhappy during pre-season. But um, Liverpool, perhaps, um, I couldn't see them underachieving. I thought they'd be right bang in the mix. Um, but clearly it feels like they need a little bit of a, a shuffle. And in terms of overachieving, maybe Fulham. Because um, I think most people um, would be a bit surprised by Brighton and Brentford, but they've got very, very good... Um, owners very very good um very well ran rather um whereas fulham i think they've they've really overperformed and i didn't expect that so look did you see did you see newcastle uh creeping up the ladder the way they did to sit in third position um perhaps not quite as quick as they have but they've made some really shrewd signings and and eddie howe has got them really well organized and um i don't think there's there's a whole lot in terms of um, difference between being at that bottom and getting yourself um, involved in the European spots. We've seen West Ham do it over the last couple of years and now dropping off again. But yeah, they've, they've, they've made some fantastic progress. I didn't see it being quite as good as it has been. But yeah, it's, it's been great. Up north, you're right. Man City, unsurprising. Always, you know, we, we know what to expect from the, the juggernaut of Pep and Man City. United, I think it is good for the competition. Not meaning, I'm sure lots of fans wouldn't agree with that, but I think it's great for the, the Premier League to have them in the Champions League hunt. But Liverpool, 8th, 42 points, not a happy time. And Jurgen Klopp said that if it was my first season, it would be slightly different. I'm aware of the fact that I'm sitting here because of the past, not because we did this season. So how much leeway does he have from the owners? Um, I think quite a lot because they've overachieved over the last couple of years, to be honest. If you look at their 
their wage bill, which I think is normally the best way to judge where a team should roughly finish um, rather than transfer spend. Liverpool have outperformed that quite a bit. So I think he's got, at least this season, I think maybe if over the summer they spend a bit and they make a very poor start, perhaps there will be um, some nervous people in the hierarchy at, at Liverpool. But I think for the moment, he's he's definitely got the season. He's definitely earned himself a rebuild. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. If it's the same trend as this season, I think there will definitely be more questions asked. And what what about their neighbour, Everton? Is 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 it highly likely that Everton uh, don't play in the Premiership next year? Um, they're in a bit of trouble, but they've they've made a, a very good managerial appointment with Sean Dyche. I think he knows how to get themselves out of this, you know, relegation scrap. Um, he sets teams up very well, and I, I really wouldn't be surprised if I know they're playing right now, but if they manage to get three points against Spurs tonight. Um, but it's it's a real trouble if if they do go down because they're trying to build this new stadium at the moment. They're um, currently been sent to an independent panel for breaking or being alleged to have broken um, financial rules, which could add several penalties to them in terms of points and and other restrictions. So they need Premier League football, but it's a very big reality that they could face the drop. They just need to keep keep getting a couple of wins here and there as they have done. So the happiest London club would be Arsenal, right? They they are just sky high, absolutely flying the Gunners. Can't put a foot wrong. Can Arsenal fans that you know and those supporters that have been burnt time and time again finally admit that this is their year? Luke, do you think that they can finally just <laughs> rela- relax or are they still just paranoid and won't let you say that they're going to win the league? Um, I, I don't think they'll relax until until it's done, to be honest, because of how many times they've been burnt. As you say, it's um, they've got some big fixtures coming up. Um, but I think also the messaging from the manager gets that across. Arteta keeps saying, look, we're just going to control the controllables. We'll go out to the next game and try and win that. And we'll think about the other games when they come. Um, but they've got they've got a, a not easy run in. Um, you know, they've got Liverpool next. Uh, they've still got to play Man City. They've got to play Newcastle. And who knows what sort of entity Chelsea will be when they face them because they might have done a complete 180. So, you know, it's not time to be thinking about that yet. But they, if they keep ticking down the games, if they can just keep themselves at this arm's distance from Man City and get past that game, then I think I, I think people will be talking about them as definitely being champions at that point. But it's still slightly too early to say. Hey, look, we had a bit of a debate here on... Uh on the show last week and in and around uh, Harry Kane and this hamburger, this burger. I don't know if you know, know New Zealand, but New Zealand are, are well known for burgers. Um, but this this Harry Kane burger, we, we had a conversation on the show here that said it was probably something that wouldn't sell too well down here. Have you had a, had a chance to, to taste one of those those burgers that Harry Kane's come out with at the moment? And how has how the English public taken – I know they love their soccer up there. How, how have they taken to it? I'll be honest, I actually haven't heard of it. <laughs> this is actually the first time you've mentioned it. So I think that perhaps <laughs> might say a little bit about it. How that has been received here—the fact that I haven't exactly heard of it—I tell you what, it's, uh, it must be one hell of a hamburger because it's thirteen pounds fifty. Yeah, London prices, I reckon. 
<laughs> yeah, he's well. Either that Kempi or, or Neeps just made that up, and it doesn't even exist. So <laughs> I hope that we haven't been. I hope we haven't been duped there. Um, just quickly on the Champions League before we let you crack on with your uh, evening, Luke. I appreciate your time. Uh, City Bayern, Real Madrid, Chelsea. I know Chelsea will be hoping that they can kind of get a shot in the arm from their movements. For those English clubs, City and Chelsea, how do you rate their chances and how do they rate their chances? What noise is coming out of those clubs? I think it's difficult because they probably have been put on the hardest side of the draw possible. Um, You've got Bayern, who are one of the two favourites. City are obviously one of the other two favourites. So all of a sudden you're getting rid of one of those. Um, And then you've got Real Madrid, who just seem to have this knack of winning the Champions League, even though maybe on paper they they look down and out. Um, So I think at the moment it'll be interesting to see who wins one of um, Bayern Man City. On the Chelsea side, I don't think there's much hope. But we again, we don't really know what sort of entity this Chelsea side is going to be because things can just change overnight. We saw the, the Tuchel appointment completely change them and then won the Champions League. Um, so it'll be an interesting watch. And then I think it's made even more interesting by the fact the other side of the draw has the Italian sides facing off against each other as well. And that then makes it interesting for who's going to get to the final because there's no real clear route for what the final is going to be at the moment, it doesn't feel. So, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting the way it's fallen. It's a really good point. Hey, last one for me before we let you crack on. Previous mm-hmm. iterations of the Premier League, when there has been a champion side or a, a side that's got a split at the top of the competition, you can point to a player and say they're the marquee player of the Premier League. Or there might be a handful, one, two or three. Is is Erling Haaland the, now the guy with the championship belt in the Premier League? Is he the pin-up? Is he the future? Is he the next five years when you know these guys get to their peak? What Mo Salah probably was and, and what Ronaldo has been. You know, There's always been that star, the guy that's had the belt. Is that Haaland or is there someone else I'm not thinking of? Um, I think it's probably Haaland for the short term, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up deciding to move on from Man City. He strikes me as that sort of character who wouldn't just settle with playing for for City you know, in the next 10 years or so. Um, whereas perhaps longer term, I'd say Bukayo Saka could get himself amongst that because he's still very young and I can't see him playing for anyone other than Arsenal, especially if they have you know, a big run of um, dominance like we've seen with Man City lately. So, yeah. Yeah, good answer. Great. We'll keep our eyes on him. He's an absolute talent, that's for sure. All right, Luke, we'll let you carry on. Thank you so much for joining us this evening and uh, we appreciate all your good work that you're doing covering the Premier League up there in London. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. Luke Thrower, and it's a busy, busy time. 12 coaches sacked, Kempi. I know you've spoken about the Premier League turbulence before, but that's starting to absolutely take the mickey, isn't it? Oh, it is. And, you know, they have a, I guess, like a restart button up there where if they select the right coach. Look, only a year ago we were talking about Chris Woods going to Newcastle and uh, saving them from relegation, and now they're sitting third on the table. You know, and that basically says the re- uh, says enough of the reasoning of of coaches being sacked, the new coaches coming in to try and keep them out of that that relegation zone. That Everton got going down would be so um, would be such big news in and around the Liverpool, Liverpool era. You know, yeah, you, you're five minutes away from Liverpool. The 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 parochialism in and around those two clubs is is what history has been built on, and for them to go down after they're building that new stadium up the road. 
um, you know, had to ask that question. The other one that well, I forgot to ask him was whether or not Harry Kane will end up at Manchester United next year. Because Eric um, Ten Hag has, has made a point to to go and get Harry Kane, whether or not Tottenham will actually let him go to market. Um, one club man, Harry Kane? I can see it. I hope so, you know. I don't think there's many of them left, and I hope so. Hey, is that burger real, Neeps, by the way? <laughs> Did you set me up, Neeps? No, I didn't set you up. It's real. <laughs> I double-checked it, and it's a travesty because it's the most bland burger I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Grilled chicken and coleslaw and tomato sauce. Like, come on. It's, I did, it's, I, it's no good. I actually, as soon as he said that, I actually checked it, and that's where the $13, £13 for, like, hamburgers don't cost you $13 in New Zealand. Like, £13.50? Seriously. What's the What's the conversion rate? No, to be fair, what is that? Is it twenty? It's like twenty-one bucks. Is it thirteen pounds? Well, if it's two bucks, if it's two dollars, it's twenty-seven. Oh, 25 bucks. 26, You're not getting a 23. Yeah. 26, yeah. 63. Yeah. It's a travesty. Doesn't even say it comes with fries or a Coke either. <laughs> that's like a that's a full-on meal and a jug of spates in a South Island pub. You know, yeah. <laughs> that is that is revolting. That's a very good. Come point. on, Harry. Come on, uh, right now, right now we've got Tottenham and Everton. They're locked at nil. Oh, massive game for both of them because if Tottenham can win, they put themselves up on fifty-three points. They go clear outright into third. They want that. Pre- uh, they want that Champions League spot. And Everton, well, they would put themselves on thirty, and they would kick clear and put themselves into thirteenth on the ladder, which would be a massive result for them as well uh, as they try to fight off relegation, as you point out, Kempi, a new stadium on the horizons. Um Premier League fans, Arsenal, is it a done deal? Double eight double three, Temper Post Text Machine, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. I think Arsenal fans are just tormented. They've got demons in their brains and they can't admit it. I think it's over. And they just need to start celebrating. What do you say? Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Kempi's off the back fence after this. We're here with Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Watching the Warriors win can be one of the most enjoyable things in life as you will have seen in the in the socials and in the media this week it can often be the one thing that gets the whole country up and in their happy place come Monday morning yes just like Louis there eating his cereal with this in mind I can't remember how many times I've been asked if a second NRL team in New Zealand would work we've certainly discussed it here on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast many times Each time, I've given a definitive yes, absolutely, as my answer to that question. So here's just three simple reasons why I did that. Every club in the NRL, for one, pillages talent here in New Zealand. In fact, over 500 kids every year head over to Australia to hopefully one day don an NRL jersey. Yep, that's 500 plus kids. So I'm guessing that answers the question of where would we find all the new talent. Number two, if the Super Rugby can support five super teams, then surely, surely two NRL teams are a walk in the park. It's that simple. And three, now the third factor is where New Zealand should get this new licence. To be honest, Christchurch, Wellington or Auckland would make great homes for another NRL franchise. Christchurch new stadium makes sense, but it would also help Auckland get its proposed new waterfront stadium off the ground. Imagine if a brand new state-of-the-art NRL team home was part of the bid for a new licence. We all know Auckland could do with a stadium like Christchurch in the CBD, 
And as for Wellington, the Caketon as a home is centrally lo- located and would work an absolute treat. So given all the talk about another three licences being considered for the NRL, New Zealand has to be at least one of those options. Why wouldn't we? The question is who will it be and where will this new franchise call home? Will it be the Southern Bears? Come on, they got that stadium, love it. Or how about the Capital Orcas out of Wellington? But what about this one? The Auckland Cruisers, based in the CBD. Could go on for hours. Who you got? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Well, if I had to frame a market, Kempe, I would put the Southern Bears as a favourite at $1.57. I would put the Auckland Cruisers at $2.50 and then the Wellington Orcas at $3.80. That's That would be my um, order. And apologies to Dunedin and Taranaki and New Plymouth, uh, well, and uh, Hastings and other p- parts of the cup, but I think the Southern Bears makes perfect sense for everything you point out. And I think Auckland makes more sense than people will probably give it credit to as well, because if you look at the player pool, I think that's huge. And, and the amount of people that young um, Polynesian and, and Māori kids that would love to stay in Auckland and be around their whānau makes perfect sense. And I think that it would there's totally room for that. Tying it to the waterfront stadium is an extremely dangerous proposition because, as you know, bureaucracy can act slow down the best of ideas. What, what timeline are we thinking here? When do you think they'll have another club in the NRL? I reckon within three years. Okay. Yeah, I reckon within three years. I reckon the bids will start coming in within three years. So um, it's, a, it's a timing thing. It, it has to go to a centre. You, you know what I mean? It can... Yeah. Do. It can be a great one for Christchurch with the stadium being built. Like I was down there to only t- t- two, three weeks ago. The 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 um, the experience that we had with the with the sailing and uh, sitting right outside that bill, mate. What a what a position. You know what I mean? Centralised right in town. It goes with the new build, the new Melbourne of New Zealand. I, I put it. Um, and you're dead right. Auckland, Auckland could home a second team without without a question. Fifty one percent of talent actually um, resides here in New Zealand. Most of those 500 kids come out of Auckland. Um, and as we know, the talent pool here in New Zealand is why the other 16 franchises come through here and take most of our talent. And Wellington have had a bid before. You know, they they have actually had a bid before, and um, everyone knows centra- centrally located throughout the country wouldn't be a bad spot to put it. Because they cover everyone else off from the South Island and the North Island if you were to go there uh, as a game. Yep, 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 yep. The Wellington, obviously the Phoenix have done a, a good job in Wellington and making that their home. And, and we're going to get another A-League team in Auckland by the looks of it as well, which is only a good thing. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly trying not to be biased, but I do think Canterbury or Christchurch is the logical fit. I just think the timeline of that stadium, I think population size, and I think if you look at also... The, well, the region's success they've had with sporting codes being able to bring people around from different parts of the country. Yes, you'll call it poaching. I'll call it giving opportunity. And then, you know, build, um, well, I guess, generational success with the Crusaders. There's a carbon copy there. It's a different sport entirely. It'll be run by completely different people, you'd assume. But, you know, there's a there's a uh, area there that you could tie up a brotherhood, a sisterhood, you know, like a, another franchise that has that kind of share that, share that IP. I know that's something that you would highly encourage, Kempe, and I think it makes perfect sense. And it does, and I'll just I'll wrap it up just with one more um, point, to, point um, to add to it. 
if Queensland could have two or three franchises, because you've got to throw North Queensland in there, um, mm. Sydney's got numerous ones, and then New Zealand becomes a third state of the NRA, which they do because they, they, they pillage 500 kids of the year. Why can't we have two licences in New Zealand? You know what I mean? It just makes too too much sense. And they're talking all these pathways. Well, New South Wales, Queensland Cup, they actually get that because they've got NRL franchises in their backyard. Give us another NRL franchise, give us another New Zealand Cup that develops those 500 kids here in New Zealand. That's why you would do it, so that our kids stay home. It's equitable. And the trickle-down effect to the grassroots well, unless they completely botched it. I actually it. think it strengthened. I actually think think it. You know that question about the Warriors because you have the Warriors say no way. Let's get the Warriors right. I I just don't buy into that one. I actually think it strengthens the Warriors. I tend to agree. If you take the holistic approach, that it would strengthen rugby league in the country. Like, I, I tend I tend to agree, Kim. But yeah, that's a really interesting thought. Uh, Twenty nine minutes away from eight. Where would it be? Second franchise in New Zealand. Where's the favourite? Come on, double eight, double three. I know you love this topic. Where should it be and make the case for it? Is that a health news for Kubota? Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Headlines after that, then Kevin Ioli out of Yahoo Sports talking WWE and UFC merger. Kevin's just written a column on it for uh, Yahoo. He's a very up-to-date fight journalist, so he's going to join us and chat all things about that after this. 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Thank you, Aroha. Some wonderful news there. And Joe, let's get some headlines with you and find out what's going on around the sporting world with Kennard's Hire. Kennard's Hire, too easy weekend. Well, while we wait with bated breath to find out the true extent of Kane Williams' injury, Tom Latham will lead the Black Caps ODI side in Pakistan later this month. That features two potential debutants in Ben Lister and Cole McConchie. And as you mentioned when talking to Luke Thrower earlier, Louis Liverpool have really been struggling this season. Is there a chance Liverpool gets rid of one of their greatest managers ever? Well, Jurgen Klopp was quoted in an interview saying, I know I'm still here because of what happened in the last few years. I don't like the fact that I pretty much have to rely on that. Is it right or not? We'll see in the future. So we'll see how they go. They'll have a chance to move up the ladder when they face a rudderless Chelsea tomorrow morning. Tottenham and Everton are still tied at nil all currently as well. Finally, we might be two days removed from their incredible win, but the Warriors are still front of mind this morning. Staffy caught up with Andrew Webster yesterday, who spoke about how important it's been for him to instill that fight into the team after witnessing a lack of conviction from his days as an assistant coach at the club. I just felt like some of the players were just happy at the time just to be here, just to wear a Warriors jersey and just to be a part of it rather than uh, let's actually go and win it, let's create something really good. Yeah, and that's, that's unfair to a lot of the players who weren't like that, who were ambitious, because there, there was a lot of them. As a group, we needed to go after it and um, believe in ourselves and actually we're here to, we're here to win as many games as we can. Looks like they're doing that this time around. Kenan's higher, two easy weekend, two days higher for the price of one. Visit a branch today, T's and C's apply. Yeah, ambition's a funny thing. Um, we'll get back to the league in a second. Glenn said, Hi, Kempi and Louis. If Arsenal lose to Liverpool this weekend, the Man City-Arsenal game will decide the Premier League. Glenn, yes, I tend to agree, Glenn, but Liverpool are oh, junk at the moment, aren't they? And, yeah, ambition, well, it's infectious, isn't it, Kempi? You would have been inside clubs where that starts to permeate through the changing rooms and all of a sudden you feel invincible? 100%. And it, uh, it's a good feeling when you know that you can trust the guy beside you to go out there and get the job done. You know, And uh, I guess 12 sacked managers in the EPL are still looking for that, uh, 
that uh, winning winning feeling. And of course, the Warriors on the weekend, and as, as Joe pointed out, when Andrew Webster said that. Um, I thought people were just here to be happy to wear a jersey. It just isn't good enough. It's when you come off the football field knowing that you're throwing that jersey on and giving you all is is where um, you know or what you know will get you that success. So, uh, well well said by Andrew Webster, um, and well well done to the Warriors four and one this year. What about Louis? Just quickly, the Lakers six six out of seven. Like, where have they come from? Well. Their team looks completely different to what it did at the start of the year, and they are reaping the benefits of it. And LeBron James is still LeBron James. And when Anthony Davis is healthy, he's still... NBA is going to be uh, one to focus on for the next wee while. A couple of texts can be good thoughts. I reckon Southern Orcas, that's a Wellington Southern Island, South Island team alternating between Christchurch and Wellington. That's Jamie in Wanaka. Yeah. Uh, whether or not they'd look, I think I think there is a model that if you do take it down the the mutua, but um, you can play them between the between the the stadiums. I don't think franchises will split a license between stadiums. They'll want one home. And John, you're on the Kinatai phone line. What do you have for us? Hey, you are saying on? Yeah, very good, very good. What do you make of a, a team in Christchurch? Oh, man, I, I'm not really a rugby head, but I absolutely hate the Crusaders. And as an Aucklander, if we had a Christchurch team, how good would that be? You know, every year you got two games. It would be awesome. I think Christchurch just has to be the place that gets the team. Yeah, and that's, a, and that's the question, John. Like, As far as what the, um, the Brisbane... Broncos do with their media rights is, is the reason why they draw those crowds and they draw those games. And now that they've added the, the Dolphins there with the biggest crowds in in, to, in that um, that composition as they play together, I think you can do that here in New Zealand, Louis. You've been on the pulse since day one, since you saw that, Kempe. You said it in Sydney and uh, it's blown up and it should. John, you're exactly the sort of fan and that the NRL needs to listen to. Appreciate your call calling from Auckland. 0800-150-811. Ken, our phone line's there for you. At any stage, we're going to talk some WWE and UFC with Kevin Ioli after this. We'll get back to your feedback on another NRL franchise before the end of the hour, but we cannot ignore this story. It is a behemoth. $21 billion valuation, that's USD, for a company that is going to merge the WWE and the UFC. Yes, Endeavor announced the UFC and WWE are forming a partnership, a new business that's going to take over the fight and entertainment space. Kevin Ioli is a fantastic fight sports journalist out of Yahoo Sports. Kevin, thank you so much for taking our call. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, we love chatting to you, and, and this is about as big as a story as we could imagine. This is a whopping valuation. How did it come yeah. about? How long have you known about it, and, and what's the reaction been? Well, you know, the um, Endeavor had an earnings call in uh, for the first quarter in February, the end of February, and Ari Emanuel, who is uh, the CEO of Endeavor, was specifically asked on that earnings call about purchasing the WWE, and he said, you know, we love the WWE with their business, what they've done, but uh, we are not looking to take on any more debt. Um, Nick Khan, the WWE CEO, uh, 
leading up to WrestleMania, which was over the weekend in L.A., it made no secret about he was looking for a buyer and was going out. So it wasn't a shock that we heard the news today that the WWE was being acquired. But I guess the shock was that Endeavor was involved, like the fact that we had asked Ari uh, back in February and he said they weren't looking to take on more debt. But when you look at it closely, it makes so, too much sense for them not to do it. Kevin, how big a part did uh, Vince McMahon play in this coming back? I I don't think that he played a, a very specific role other than he had relationships, right? There's a lot of close relationships here. Nick Khan used to be uh, an agent. And uh, the first person that uh, returned his call from a major agency was Mark Shapiro, who's the president of... Uh, of Endeavor. Uh, Nick Khan and Ari Emanuel have been friends forever. Uh, uh, Nick Khan, I mean, Vince McMahon and Ari Emanuel have been friends forever. Nick Khan and Dana White have been friends for a long time. So there were a lot of long established relationships here. And I think that that's why this worked. Like, I don't think Vince was specifically involved in the negotiations. That was a Nick Khan deal. Nick Khan pretty much, you know, worked this deal out, I believe. But I think that what happened was Nick coming back our Vince, excuse me, Vince coming back uh, to the WWE after he stepped away for a while gave that big towering presence. And you might have noticed that Dana White called him a savage and the way he does business. And, you know, Vince is to the WWE what Dana White is to the UFC. Mm. So it was very important for them to have Vince as part of this and, and have him, uh, you know, overseeing, uh, you know, the WWE side of things. What, ultimately, Kevin, what makes each of these so profitable and why amalgamating them will make them more profitable. What are their strengths and how will they be supercharged now? Well, they are, you know, especially in the United States. And I, I only know the TV ratings specifically in the United States, but they are arguably the two best products on television in the U S that attract 18 to 49 year old people, especially 18 to 49 year old males. Uh, the WWE right now in 2023 is number one on cable television in the United States in that specific demographic, as well as number one overall. Uh, but number one in that demographic is important. UFC has uh, just been long fantastic in that demo. And their show that they had UFC San Antonio a couple of weeks ago it went opposite the NCAA basketball tournament, and that's almost always a reason to get killed, right? You're not going to do anything. <laughs> and yet UFC came in on cable ratings that day. They came in sixth out of all cable uh, TV shows that day So and in the demo. So it shows how big they, you know, that the two are. And this is going to help them in their negotiations. Nick Khan specifically mentioned to me an example. He said, in India, their TV rights are way lower than what they should be. And he said, now that they've merged with Endeavor, Endeavor has contacts in India. They have great uh, uh, partnerships down there. And now they can leverage those ex that expertise to negotiate their new deal in India, as an example. And I think that's going to happen around the world. So where WWE has expertise, they'll lend it to the UFC. Where UFC and Endeavor have expertise, they'll lend it to WWE. And be, you know that just makes them in both of their TV deals are coming up in the in the United States around the same time. UFC is going to be early 2025. WWE is, I think, it's October of 24. So they're going to be negotiating at the same time. And imagine if you go to the table and you can say to the bidders, and you you know you can figure who the bidders are going to be. Uh, hey, look, we have both of these powerhouses that are 
huge with the demo that you're trying to reach. It just gives them so much more leverage. It, it just makes a lot of sense from that standpoint. Yeah, and that, that was a question I was going to ask, was that with all the media rights that are coming up in a couple of years, um, Kevin, you've got, like, any have you got any idea of what that media right deal would be worth? I, I know that the UFC um, deal with e, ESPN was massive, but if you're talking, uh, like, IPL, Indian Indian League type type figures with the right. with the Indian media rights coming in. What, where what south of what figure are we talking? Well, when you add it, I can't even come up with a number globally because uh, the WWE is in 170 countries around the world. The UFC is in slightly more than that. So now, as they go around the world, they're you know when you add up the entire media rights of everything that they're doing, it's going to be a staggering figure just out of North America alone. And then you start adding in the rest of the world, and uh, where aren't these two sports popular? Right? I mean, there, I, I cannot think of any region of the world where these two particular entities are not popular. It's going to be massive. Um, and I think in the United States and probably globally, when you look at this, I think you're going to maybe see them, you know, put it on streaming services to a certain degree and maybe split it up a little bit more than it is now. Like, right, UFC especially has always been with one partner. They had Fox for a while. Now they have ESPN. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if they give a little bit to Amazon, maybe some to Google, some to ESPN, but split things up and that they have it all over the place so that they can maximize their rights. You know, I don't know anything in that regard but that just makes a lot of sense right that that they uh that they would do something like that well, the, stre- the streaming providers will be lining up for a, some sort of a package now they can get their hands on both of them it makes perfect sense it's very very good business and it sounds like it moved at a rapid speed so i mean you, you got to tap your hat to them really hey uh, before we let you go kevin ufc 287 what's the word on your side state side obviously we are Desperate to see Israel Adesanya get that belt back, but man, uh, this Pereira guy he just he has trouble with him. What are you hearing and what are you thinking this far out? Well, I talked to Izzy uh, today, so I talked to him about two hours ago. Um, you know, and I'll tell you what, it was a different Izzy than I've heard. You know, very focused, very intense. I have a great relationship with Izzy, and usually, you know, we laugh, we joke around, we get into a lot of different topics. And today, that wasn't the case. It was about the fight, and he was very focused, very detailed. But, you know, a lot of people like Adesanya in the fight, and I was prepared today. um, I do a betting video every Monday for Yahoo Sports. I was prepared today in that video to take Adesanya to win, but I had not seen the odds. And when we started to record the videos, I I looked at the odds, and I saw that Adesanya was actually the favorite, which I think reflects the fact that he's won the most rounds in the three fights. You know, he he was leading uh, the second fight. He got knocked out. He lost the first fight. A lot of people thought he won that fight. And then the third fight uh, at UFC 281, he was up three rounds to one and looking good in the fifth until he got caught. So I think that's why the odds. But I said to myself, you know, how do I – uh, take Adesanya as a favorite when I can get the champion who's 3-0 and against him as an, at an underdog price. So I took Pajeda to win the fight, but I, I think this is a coin toss, and I think Adesanya uh, has just as good a chance of winning as he did going into UFC 281. I think, you know, he's got to avoid mistakes, and, and he's got to figure out a way how he can create offense without uh, – getting into the uh, range of Alex Pajeda, who was a massive human being, who is uh, the biggest middleweight I have ever seen in my life. But if he can do that, I think he has the ability to win it. 
Love it, Kevin. Love it. Great insight as always. We'll let you crack on with your uh, fight week previews and we'll talk again very soon. That's Kevin Aoli out of Yahoo Sports talking massive business, WWE and UFC merging. Oh, that is the peak, the top peak of sports business, 21 billion USD. We'll get to your texts on the new NRL franchise after this. Oh, we're nearly at 8 o'clock, but Kempe, you've got them rabid here on the text machine. Yeah, a few of them coming through. As much as I love Wellington, the Southern Bears make so much sense. New stadium in a city on the rise. Why not an F1 race around Hagley Park, the boot, just like Albert Park in Melbourne. Cheers. That's from Mark. Um, yeah, look, Christchurch makes sense, doesn't it, Louis? We've said that with the, with the Southern Bears. Uh, do they get a franchise with the North Sydney Bears? Like, that's the other question. Like, which one of those other teams, they talk about cutting Sydney? Franchises, yet they want to bring back North Sydney Bears. Like, where do you sit with that? Yeah, it doesn't quite make sense, does it? And it's not necessarily equitable. It has to be Christchurch. Wellingtonians are artificial fans. Their stadium is a dog and they can't even half fill it. Get the Southern Bears up and running and throw the money at Hamish. React to be CEO and get a gunhead coach, which may be hard to find, would be a key to success, wouldn't it, Kempe? Yeah. 100%. 100%. And uh, I think the, the hiring of a decent CEO, if they do take another franchise licence, would be top of list. Top of list. Who would that be? Hey, McRear. Jeez, well, that's an well, old hey, name. It is, it is. <laughs> it's a bit of a blast from the past. Hey, what about this one? And I, I reckon you could, you could get him interested. Carl Budge. Oh, 100%. Best administrator re- in New Zealand. I reckon he'd be up for it as well. Something new like that in a city he likes. If we just float that one out there, maybe that's a rumour mill. Ah, <laughs> I just kicked shinned the desk. It's nearly time for the news on our full component to get them shaping a bit of news on rugby league with Richie Agars after this. Four minutes past eight o'clock, and I have recovered after smashing my shin against the wooden desk I sit next to. It's uh, Louis and Kempe. Izzy is flying high under the Eiffel Tower, enjoying a couple of vinos. And some croissants, no doubt. But we've had a busy show so far. It's a really nice little Tuesday of sport, actually. Uh, look, the big story is WWE and UFC are going to be a behemoth. And we caught it up with Kevin Iolia Yahoo Sports to chat about that. And if you missed it, go to the SENZ app or go to wherever you get your podcast, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, and have a, have a listen because that'll be game-changing for what media rights go for and set a little bit of a precedent in sports in the digital age as well. George Chittick is coming up later on in the hour to talk about Waikato Stud's success with I Wish I Win. And, of course, it's Masters Week as we amble towards Easter. But, Kempe, we're talking rugby league and... Oh, these texts are brilliant about where, where this next franchise should go. Yep, and we've got one coming in from the deep, deep south because uh, we know that there's a a roof over a stadium down there. Boys, I would put forward Dunedin for another rugby league franchise for these reasons. Dunedin is the safest city in New Zealand. Why? We don't have tropical sightlines. We have never had killer earthquakes like Quake Church. Tornadoes are unknown. And we don't have friends floating around our beaches like Auckland do with us. Feces. <laughs> Yeah, I can read, but I wasn't going to say that. Plus, we already oh, have sorry. a covered stadium. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, oh, Charlie. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, well, Some people call them friends. Oh, I didn't know you were censoring that. My bad. Apologies. I suppose it's too late to dump that. Or oh, probably poor choice of words again. Yeah. Now, Dunedin? Yep. Oh man, cold down there. It'd be blo- it'll be bloody hard to sign an Australian to go down to, to to Dunedin. They'd have to put heaters in the roof. 
Well, yeah, it's that's exactly right. Um, we saw that, yeah, <laughs> it does get like an ice block. I've actually played a game of sport in the uh, in the glass house down there once for a rep team years and years ago, and it gets so cold. It just like it's like the opposite of how the sun magnifies through it. Um, there's a text here, gents. The second team must be in Auckland and should be called the Carlaw Park Jaffers, the spiritual home of our beautiful game. Cheers, Lee. Yeah, and I actually was trying to fit the word Jaffers into my off-the-back fence, but I just thought with the city of Sa- the city of sales that, uh, and of course we get those big boats coming in now with all of our tourists that the cruises were actually quite a cool name because the cruises are not just about boats, but you know a lot of a lot of people up here with some nice old um, metal beasts sitting in their garage cruising around. Yeah, you know, it was a big week down in Coromandel last week. They didn't even mention that beach hop. Beach hop, I did see that. You're right. There's um, it's we got a big culture for that sort of thing in New Zealand. Cruisers, I like it. I think it's a a great name. I just think all the names are great. The Orcas, the Southern Bears, the Cruisers. Naming sports teams, whether it's social touch or netball or professional, is one of the great beauties in life, isn't it? You know, some of the inappropriate nicknames you've called your social sports teams throughout the years. I'm sure you've had some doozies, Kempi. Uh, probably the best one was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> when I had a Bart, when I had a Bart Simpson moment with um, Paulie Mawadi, and after uh, not even realising Paulie the anchor, we've called him on uh, the TAB because every time he throws us into one, he's actually throwing us out of one, and so we gave him the nickname the anchor. So I'll let you put that together, Louis, because um, I'm not going to say that again on air. Uh, Mate, there's, there are so many different names. I think there's so much in a name, you know. If you look around the sporting, the, the champions around the world, when you when you put their name next to the trophy, I just think there's you've got to come up with a really, really good name. The Southern Bears, for me, were the Polar Bear and the North Sydney Bear. I thought that was, a, that was genius when the boys put oh. that together. Remember when we spoke to the chairman of the North Sydney Bears who said he would be 100% interested in, in working with whatever it took to get this licence and if they could host half the games at, in Sydney, I mean, it would take the travel down, it would you know, it, it would be easy to fund, you've got a pathway there already, it just made so much sense. I do know what you mean about names, uh, Okim, because look, honestly, recently we went through the Crusaders situation following those uh, horrific, uh, horrific mos- mosque attack down here in March... Um, a few years back, and the Crusaders went through their consultation process with their fans, with their uh, Muslim communities around, and they decided to keep the name Crusaders. And it was, you know, yeah. what what they were doing was crusading for their community, and it, it directly tied them to the land they lived on. But they changed some of the imagery and took away the swords. Um, I understand the importance of a name for so many different things you might not think of, but back to your original point, another NRL franchise in Auckland is a must-do if there's going to be expansion again. It's equitable. It makes perfect sense. And if you agree, double eight, double three. or you can give us a call right now on 0800-150-811 as we the other one catch I had, up. Louis, the other one I had for Auckland was the Mountain Men, you know, because of all the moanga that's around Auckland. There's so many of these mountains in and around this Auckland area, I was sitting in, in uh, bed last night thinking about off the back fence and I thought, you know, the mountain men would be actually a good one. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Mountain Especially if you build a, build a team on bashing, bashing people when they come here. You know what I mean? You're going to face the mountain men. Oof. Mongers. Uh, I don't mind that. I actually climbed up a mountain on the weekend, Kimpy. Well, I ran up a mountain. I went back because I'm back home, right? So I'm, I'm back going at my old stomping ground. So um, Motakiri, Mount Grey. Uh, I shot up Mount Grey and had a look around the Canterbury Plains. You could see the Waimak. You could see the coast from up there. You're going to get all the way up and through Hurunui right up north, and you can kind of it's a great vantage point. I really, must say I'm really enjoying being home, just kind of reconnecting with some of the old stomping grounds. Yeah, and you nice. must feel like that whenever you go back to Northland and Taranaki as well. Uh, yeah, 100%. There's just so much in this country. I got talking um, to a couple of people uh, last week who, who are over in New Zealand visiting, and – they ask sort of what's so good about New Zealand. And I just explain it to them. I say, well, there's a couple of places that you never want to mention again if you go and visit them because we don't want too many people going there. Um, yeah. But the second thing is if you want to experience the world, you can experience within New Zealand. Like you can go to any part of New Zealand and you will get that feeling, um, having travelled around a lot of the world. You know what I mean? So I just think if you're, if you're out there and you're thinking about travelling, you one of the things that I realised later on in life was, well, get in a camper van and do New Zealand. Like the, the yep. like the mount of the very first time talking about Marty uh, and congratulations St. Bede's winning the Marty Cup over uh, Hamilton Boys High School, Westlake Boys. Yes, Westlake Boys got up for the bronze. Joe, you know that. Joe being an old Westlake Boys, you must be happy about that. We had the I cops, know, Joe. I hate Westlake. <laughs> I got bullied. I don't want to go back there. I hate it. Uh, okay, well I'll oh. sort that out. I'll give the I'll give the headmaster a call and have a chat to him about that. But big shout out to St. Beats for winning that. I, when the very first time I <laughs> drove through the Mackenzie country, um, I'm trying not to laugh, Joe. Okay, so the very first time I drove through the Mackenzie country, I looked at it and felt like I was an ant. You know, when you're driving your car, and I felt like on that road, it felt like driving in a 3D, like I had a virtual reality um, uh, headset on, going, I feel so small and amongst this beautiful country. And then you drive down, headed back up uh, south and went went past Mount Cook and went, and so I drove into Mount Cook, and I was like, man, people, it'd be like driving into Switzerland. I know I... Kimpy, I know exactly what you're saying, and I had the I, I could not agree more. Like Shannon and me have spoken about this so many times. You can get to so you can get to different corners in New Zealand, feel like you're in different hemispheres. There's so much variation and variety around Aotearoa, and that's why we absolutely love it. Hey, uh, we haven't got Richie Agars just yet, but there are a couple of texts here. One from Brendan, which I just don't think we can read. Could call them the somethings because Jaffers are a bunch of soft somethings. Um, so, southern, <laughs> beers, <laughs> southern Beers at Pookie Stadium, Mountain Men, and we love... Mountain woman, okay. Hello, boys. Mountain men, hell no. That's terrible. Stick with the bears of the orcas. Costa, Christos, uh, okay, Christos. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. Um, Kempi, it has to be Christchurch. I've got a, a new office near the building. A near new office building next to the new stadium they can move into. I'll even fit out a gym for them. That's <laughs> is Anthony, it? is it? Is it Anthony Goff? <laughs> oh, give us a call, Anthony, because I'll tell you what, Louis needs a new studio. He'll take an office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. 
I feel like I just need to jag. I feel like I'm squatting in here. It's like an abandoned building. Uh, Lime Cruises, Mother's Milk, Pete. Okay, Pete. I don't know what that pertains to exactly. Um, and there's so many different things you could do. What would you call them? Where would you have them? On the rugby league, though, I was what I watched a lot of it this weekend. I absolutely loved it. One thing I'm a little bit head scratchy on is the hip drop and how you evaluate what a hip drop equals and then in a, a suspension term. It's obviously something they're trying to stamp out of the game. That they're, they're sick of these ACL injuries and knee injuries, and they're trying to protect the player in the tackle and in the grapple. The hip drop. Did you think that they were all fierce and simbining skimpy? No, not at all. I think they got that wrong, and I'll tell you the reason why. Because a lot of these players are running through the tackler, and there's no way other than when you're holding on to fall to the ground and try and stop the player. It's an unfortunate set of circumstances, and I'll tell you why they're doing this, Louis, is because they're trying to take the quick route to stopping poor tackle technique and concussion, and they're taking every angle that they can to try and change technique by fear. So they're making players fear for every action that they make. Now, if you think about it, okay, so two players, both Fanukan and uh, Norkore, uh are suspended for at least two games. Mm-hmm. Now, players are going to look at that and say, well... Fanukin three. Three games, yeah. And the players are going to look at that and go, man, I'm out. If I if I actually drop when a player runs past me, I'm going to have to let him go. And they, they're trying to, to work by stealth the NRL and put fear in players to change their technique. It's not their role. It's a, co- it's a coaching issue. Tackle technique has always been a coaching issue. They need to go back down in the grassroots and they need to teach it there. And what they're dealing with at the moment, we, I'll tell you what, that weekend of rugby league that just went through and the amount of penalties that were given away for hip drops, it's what the NRL do. It's going to happen for a month. We're going to lose players left, right and centre and the, I guarantee you the players don't even know they're doing it. It's a good point, and right now the Warriors are one team in particular that have a little bit of an injury ward or a couple of players that aren't going to be available, so it gets tougher for the Warriors who are on an absolute roll. We're going to welcome in Richie Agar now from the coaching staff. Richie, appreciate you taking the call to ECNZ on a Tuesday morning. How are you doing? Yeah, morning, guys. Yeah, no, all good, thank you. All good. We got back sort of late last night on, uh, on our travels, but yeah, came back in good spirits, obviously. Richie, morning, mate. It's Kempe here. How's the injuries? You got to Ma- to Mari, uh, of course. You got Barnett, Tohu, and Dallin still to come back. How are they all travelling? Yeah, good. They're all tracking okay, mate. I think Tohu's the one that uh, will be touching gold. Tamari, uh, he'll be good, mate, from his HIA. Dallin's uh, already, although obviously he's not played any uh, any football for uh, for five or six weeks. I don't think. Uh, Mitch Barnett, yeah, he'll still be a couple of weeks, mate. We're expecting at this moment in time. So, uh, a little bit of good news and a couple that are still, yeah, we're still a little bit unsure this early on in the week, mate. Mate, just watching the game and uh, look, yes. we, there's been everyone's, you know, there's been so much um, praise given to the team. But here's my here's my take on it. How do you keep their yep. feet on the ground? Because you still leaked thirty points. Yeah, that's a great question, mate, and and I think that's really important this week. That uh, while we're very happy to come away with with a win and such a dr- dramatic win, uh, there's some things about the game that obviously we can't walk past. You know, we fought first half uh, to go in with a scoreline as it was. I think with a 14 point deficit, we did really well because our performance in the first half 
you know, our, our rook control, our edge defence uh, were way off where it had been, and that were a concern to us. I think I think the thing is, Kempi on that is, um, we'll leak 32 points. If there's one thing I think we have done well over the previous rounds, we've defended well, mate. So it, I, I don't think it's it's something that uh, is major surgery for us and, and a concern that has been for weeks. But undoubtedly, mate, at the weekend. Uh, we got a number of things wrong. Uh, certainly, first half, you know, we we talked about our edges, but uh, our rook control, our numbers, our spacings, our decisions on the edge just weren't were, weren't where they've been. So I think there's a fair bit of time invested in ourselves this week, just just making sure that fundamentally we get we get better on uh, you know on some areas that I will say I think have held up under pressure too pretty well in the early rounds. Um, Obviously, we can take out of it what we have done all year in that boys had a great spirit, never say die attitude, and I thought we always felt uh, we always felt pretty threatening with the ball, even though we didn't have much of it in the first half. We felt that if we could get enough of it in the second half, then you know we felt there would be some areas where we could go and exploit and, and come up with some points. So yeah, we're we're under no illusions, mate. We're not we're not walking away from that thinking. Um, how good we're going we know there's some stuff that uh, we were down on that particular day and we'll need to be much better going forward this week um, in a couple of those areas for sure Mate you're, you're nearly half a dozen games into the competition now coming down from the UK and uh, had a look yeah. at what the NRL produces week in week out have, have, you, have you had a thought Richie that there's something up in the UK that you could add down here that isn't happening um, that would enhance the Warriors? Um, yeah, good good question, Kempe. I think one thing we do as a staff every week, mate, we uh, we sort of have a couple of meetings where we, uh, you know, I guess we brainstorm, we go away and watch watch the games, we come back and, and all throw us ideas uh, in the pot. I think uh, one thing I've noticed is, you know, the, the game's, I would say have a tad more structure down here than um, than what they do in Super League. The games, um, I guess, with defence is probably a little bit better and a little bit more organised. Then uh, knowing where you get into with your points is is very very important. Uh, but is is the one particular point that I think you know could change us and, and make us a better team. I think every week, mate, it's a combination of, of, of trying to find those little games, and I think they could come in different ways, mate. But I will say this: uh, ultimately, uh, um, rugby's rugby, can be, and I think uh, if you've got all the fundamental parts of the game, uh, then that is very much going to help you get over the line. And I think, I think, you know, from what you know, you probably can, mate. We. Uh, we try to put a lot of time into doing the basics as as well as we possibly can, and doing the exceptional stuff good enough when we get the opportunity to do it. So um, I've not found the differences uh, major, uh, but what I have found is uh, probably the depth of talent there, mate, is is deeper. Uh, I think when you get in England and you have two or three injuries. It really can affect the team that you put out here. Where I think over here, you know, the, the depth of talent and uh, ability to pull people up and, and go and do a, uh, a good job for you, uh, you know, is definitely stronger. 
Richie, I was just talking earlier on in the show about um, you know walking off the field, talking about keeping your feet on yep. the ground, and uh, your dad pulling me aside in the change room and giving me an absolute <laughs> godfall after I thought after I thought that I'd bless his soul, after I thought that I went all right. Are you that type of? Did you learn that type of style um, from your father at all, or is, or is your style totally different? Uh, well, if this makes you feel any better, Kempe, I've had a few of those godfalls myself over the years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and not just for rugby league too. Um, so no, no, I think we've different styles, mate. Yeah, no, I think uh, in this day and age, I like to think that empathy and understanding is probably a trait uh, that maybe I didn't inherit from my father. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, probably go about it a slightly different way, mate. We try and do a little bit more on the encouraging side, if you like, and. Uh, you know, for every sort of thing that the guys don't do well, try and find examples of, of things that they do do well to and, and try and encourage them a little bit more. I think times have changed, mate, especially with, uh, you know, the new generations of players, if you like, and how you deal with them. Uh, but I guess, well, I'm very grateful to the old man for, I guess, uh, the the grounding that I had in the game. Uh I think he'd be the first person to say to, you know, we're quite different people and we're working in different areas. Yeah, awesome. Good answer, Richie. Hey, um, to catch up with you shortly, mate. Thanks a lot for joining us on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast and uh, all the best against my old team, the Knights, this weekend. Go well. Yeah, good to chat, boys, as always. And thank you very much. Talk to you soon. There you go, Richie Agar. They're talking the Warriors, their win, and uh, Louis keeping your feet on the ground. That's uh, one of the one of the things that I saw on the weekend. The first thing I would have taken was taking that carpet from out from under their feet because they need to get down as quick as possible. Yeah. Yeah, spent live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Paulie Mawadi, how are you this morning? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Kempe. Mate, how I've, are you? I'm very good. I've just got a quick question for you. UFC 287 is on everyone's lips. Izzy versus Pareda, uh, what's the bonus back um, options that you have on that? Uh, we've got a back Izzy uh, bonus back promotion on that big fight this weekend. Uh, just back Adesanya, place a pre-fight head-to-head bet on Israel Adesanya in UFC 287, and if he loses, we'll refund you up to $50 as a bonus bet. So uh, pretty much a free swing for those Izzy fans. He's currently $1.69 to beat Alex Pereira, who is a $2.11. I'm just having a look at the NRL as well. Guess what? Money for the Warriors already. They're a dollar eighty-three favourites to go beat the Newcastle Knights. Don't you go stop them, <laughs> Paul? Paul, not, here, here, not even here I, I was. Yeah. Here, here I was thinking that your uh, back Izzy promotion was whether Izzy Dag would eat over under a hundred and fifty-five pastries and red wines combined. So <laughs> I didn't realise that that was about UFC. <laughs> I think I think your line's too low there, to be fair, uh, Louis. <laughs> I'd take the overs right now. You got anything it's else true. for us, Paulie? Uh, oh, don't forget the Masters this weekend. Uh, the boys are starting to fill out the uh, book there. There's uh, plenty of options to jump on. Uh, they're telling me they're going to be a whole heap of power plays as well. Current favourite and defending champion, Scotty Scheffler. He's 750 to win the US Masters this year. Rory McIlroy on the second line of betting at $8. John Rahm, the Spaniard, at 10 And then Jordan Spieth at $17. We've taken a wee bit of cash on someone who's on the live tour. Cameron Smith, $23 Get up. to win the Masters. 
Uh, love it, Paulie. And Rory cannot win. I've been saying it for, for years, months, my whole life. He cannot win. So if he does win, it will be eagle all over my face. Can't wait. Masters week, April. It's it's Easter. It's just everything good about the world. Group one racing, the last group one of the season, the Thoroughbred Breeders this weekend. TAB.co.nz for all of those markets. RIT and Gamble responsibly. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. There's a great text from Brian. We'll get Ken Peter Reid after that. 27 away from 9 o'clock this morning. Gullers fueling your mission all year round. And yes, Hoops heads back tonight on SEMZ for another season of basketball. Joe, that fires us all up. Yes, that's very exciting. That's right, Louis. The Targa Nuggets are playing this Sunday. We're just five days away from hopefully them repeating this classic moment. 81-73. They're going to win this game. An amazing performance by the Nuggets. The celebrations are about to start. Ball in play. Iuli with the shot. There it is! There it is! Look at the Otago Nuggets! They storm onto the floor. They are your 2022 Sells NBL champions. Let's go. Hey, Lou, yesterday actually we threw up a poll asking. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just really excited. <laughs> I was there. Let's go. Is that why you got bullied? <laughs> <laughs> I was at the final and I was like the only Otago Nugget supporter in the stand. Uh, obviously, other than the rest of the SCNZ oh, cut people. It out. Cut it. Hutchie was in there and of course, of course, so were a lot of the other SCNZ. Okay, but they, they were down. Aren't you in No, but I was in, I was in the cheap seats. They were all down. They all got the tickets from SCNZ. I, I'm obviously not an important part of UCNZ, so I had to sit in the cheap seats. Anyways, I was I was fighting. Definitely why you got bullied. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, we'll move on. Hey, uh, Australian Grand Prix was wild on Sunday, and organisers have promised to investigate after fans invaded the track before the race had officially finished. Footage showed a large group of the 131,000 strong crowd squeezing through barriers and climbing fences just metres from speeding cars. Those are your headlines, boys. I was squeezing yeah. through. I was one of those. Oh. Uh, that was crazy. Um, the Nuggets, very excited for that. Warm up with a hell of a coffee night and day. They've got it when you want it. Um, shout out the night and day Otago Nuggets. That is crazy. And do you know what? Melbourne needs to be careful here because remember this, those crazy scenes in the A-League when the uh, Melbourne uh, United... Oh, gee, I'd better get the club right. Was it Melbourne United? Players invaded the pitch, and they went crazy and berserk. Well, they did it at the F1, which is not a sport you would associate with that no. sort of kind of hooligan behaviour. Yeah, uh, look, I think sport in general at the moment, we need to get we need to get back in control of that because it's happening not just in Melbourne. You look at the uh, last couple of times I've been to a Warriors game. One last year, I think it was five or six um, I wouldn't call them streakers, but runners got on the pitch and had to be escorted off. It's just, it's it's getting out of hand. <laughs> and saying that, Louis, back in my day, when we when we fin- finished the game and kicked the last ball off, you could not get off the pitch. Yeah. You know, that's when they, they used to, crowds used to just go, oh, it's over, and everyone would run on, and you... It's that, it is pretty scary. Um, just to talk about the Otago Nuggets, though, congratulations to Brent Matahide, uh, who signed a, a two-year extension there, um, and Todd Withers and the boys, too. I'm looking forward to it with their big signing that's coming. I think it's, I think you say Ja'Cory McLaughlin. They had big raps on him when we were down in Dunedin uh, doing our, our roadshow with the Chemist Warehouse, and uh, they're expecting big things from their new signing.
Oh, huge. We'll hopefully catch up with one of them maybe on Thursday or Friday. Joe's going to sort us that because he's the Nuggets' number one fan. There's a great text from Brian Kempe before we get back with George Chittick. So Brian uh, comes in all the time, and it's uh, good to see. He's obviously taken his happy pills. I said that on a Monday after a Warriors win. Um, that's what they make you feel, and this is a great text from Brian. Morning, guys. Couldn't agree more with Kempe. Keep the tyre pressure gauge handy so the tyres don't explode. I feel the quality of the comps so far has been average, so some luck and commitment could see the Warriors pull push up the table, great show, cheers uh, guys, it's from Brian, and he's dead right, I was, the point I was trying to make you know, like, it's only round five, and uh, you know, let's not get carried away and keep the effort and the, and the, I guess that, that feet grounded attitude until the semis come around. Totally agree Kempi, that's because those are actual mountains uh, this is back to your, <laughs> what would you call the new, the new the mountain the new, men not your Auckland Hills. <laughs> Shot, that's from, that's from so excited to watch the Warriors again, Dermot. Yeah, that's right, Dermot. You're one of those fans that's been peering in from behind the curtains, just kind of watching through your fingers, and now you actually get to watch. New team has to be in Christchurch, North Island, South Island Derby, call them the Sheet Shaggers. And I text appreciate you coming through on double eight, double three. We are 22 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Young George Chittick is a fantastic asset to the racing industry. He's overworking at Widdenstud, one of Australia's leading thoroughbred nurseries at the moment. The, the big sale's on there for Easter. But he's the son of Mark, grandson of uh, Gary, and you know, the legacy at Waikato Stud, while well, we saw it on display when I wish I win, won the TJ Stakes in the weekend. George was there with his sister Charlotte. They accepted the trophy. We'll ask them about the experience after this. Giga kick five lengths away. Nature Strip, the world champion sprinter, trying to fend them off. Mazu's the first to challenge. Nature Strip, Mazu. Giga kick lengthening. And I wish I win down the outside. I wish I win. Went past Giga kick, Mazu. I wish I win from last. A spectacular TJ win. I wish I win. Knocked off Giga kick and Mazu. Ah, oh, <laughs> you just don't get better performances on a racetrack than that, Kimpy. You know that. I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps listening to that again. A Kiwi bred, Kiwi raced sprinter picking up the Aussies, dropping them on their heads in one of the most established and cherished sprinting group ones. Rock and Horse did it up the Flemington Strait a couple of times for the Lavendale Stud. This time, I wish I win for the famous Waikato Stud colours. The Chittocks are no strangers to elite-level success, but um, while Mark was hunting with the wee one, it was Gary, Mary, and their grandchildren, Charlotte and George, up there collecting the trophy. George is currently with William Stud in Australia, as I said. He's on the line with us now. Do you have goosebumps, George? Oh, that just shivers down my spine here, but Louie, <laughs> What a day. Honestly, mate, I was, I was lost for words watching that in New Zealand. Can you take yeah. us through what it was like trying to keep your eyes on him at a Royal Randwick when there's th- tens of thousands of people absolutely screaming and you're watching your horse that you've seen with a crooked leg go up, become this wonderful racehorse, pick them up like that? I mean, how do you even explain it? Well, I can't really, to be honest. Um, it was an incredible day. As you just said, we were all very lucky to be to be on course at Royal Randwick. Um we just before the race we popped down to to see the fella and he was looking very relaxed and and real calm moods was there he was happy um the rain sort of put us off a wee bit but 
we were there, there was nothing we could do about it, and so you know all he could do was go out there and run. Um, just be- just before the race, we all went into the you know the pre parade area, um, saw Luke Nolan there, and we we made a plan, and and that was exactly what he did was to settle back and and not to be sort of last, but to be back and find a comfortable spot and try try run them down around the outside, and that's exactly what he did. Mood's a master trainer, isn't he, uh, George? You know, like yeah. he, I, I, uh, I was with my partner and the race jumped, and I was pointing out all the all the horses. I, I said, "Oh, there's Nature Strip up there, and you know, here's Giga Kick, and and this one with the colours over here. That's Waikato Stud." And I remember putting my finger on the on the screen, and he was sitting last. And yeah. I just happened to watch it and go down. I'm going. Watch that one. Look at the, that. And in the end, I'd forgotten who, who I was sitting next to. It must have been like for you and your grandparents to sit there and watch that one of the biggest group yeah. ones. It must have been great for you to walk up with them. What was that feeling like with your grandparents to receive that trophy? Uh, you know, no, I was incredibly incredibly lucky and, and not many people can, can say that they were on course at, at Randwick with their grandparents picking up two group one winners <laughs> um insane absolutely insane and I'm, I'm very thankful that they were there that's right george because it wasn't just about i wish i win it was about i wish i win in the tj and uh, actually and before we'll come back to him because there's a good text here and we'll get you to explain it but it wasn't just about him for the the whanau because um Savabil had some sort of day out across both sides of the Tasman. Yeah. I mean, Sa- yeah. hey, Savvy, you, your old man's told us this before. Savvy's changed the course of history for Waikato Stud and what he's been able to achieve. You, you guys are the, the most yeah. grateful of it, out of anyone, and you, I know you pay your respects to him every day. But even <laughs> the old fella, um, Gary, he must have been blown away with what Savvy achieved on Saturday. Do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, th- those who know Gary, he's he's a lovely man, but. Um, he has a very good poker face, and he, he doesn't show much much emotion. Um, and I w- witnessed the man cry three times um, on Saturday, which was pretty incredible. Um, that just shows how much it means it means to to him and, and to our family. Yeah. So after after I wish I win, picked up the um, the feature sprint race on the card for the day. We we then headed into the Australian Derby. Where Major Beale, who's another um, Savage Beale Waikato stud bred horse, who we retain ownership in, trained by Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott, um, led the whole way, all 2,400 metres, and, and hit the finish line first. <laughs> yeah. That is, that's insane. That is, <laughs> honestly, I'm sitting here and all going, Putting my putting my shoes on and your and putting your shoes on my feet, going, how fantastic would that have felt? Uh, we've got a we've got a text that's just coming here at the moment, George. It says, um, "Can you just ask George to explain how they corrected I wish I win's leg?" Because we, as we all know, if you've been following I wish I win and you have a look at um, that beautiful horse front on, it looked like it should never have run anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we. Um there's a brilliant article out there somewhere from the TDN that um, my old man did, but basically we, Ferry spent a lot of time with him. Um, a lot lot of farms, and I'm, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but they put screws into the folds to correct the legs. 
um, and we we're not a not a huge believer in that. Um, I've never seen it done at Waikato, so we just yeah do little touch ups with the farrier to um, you know get more angle, less angle, whatever you can. Um, extensions were put on, but to be completely honest, that that horse was um, sort of uncorrectable, and you can still see it now. It's it's bloody entertaining when you when you see him. Uh, standing there in, in the tarps or whatever, his, his legs at a sort of forty-five degree angle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just incredible how he can he can do what he's done, um, mm-hmm. and that that he's amazing turn of foot he's got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he is a freak. <laughs> he actually is because he because he has that turn of foot, and you know, Sticko said it and. We were kind of similar to you. We we didn't ride him off, but the the wet track kind of dampened our spirits for him a wee bit. We thought it might blunt yeah. his sprint, and he hadn't necessarily shown that he loves that footing. And there are some others in there that were going to enjoy it, but he just he just is becoming an incredible racehorse. That oh look, let's be honest, George. How many ev- slots for the Everest have you received uh, or no, oh. requests <laughs> over over the weekend? Because they will want him, won't they? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure, and I'm, I'm not too sure also if anyone could get in touch with the old man's wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we, uh, yeah, we. There was one. Um, very lucky to get one pretty well certain. I, I think um, before the race, depending on how the TJ went. Um, so yeah, we're, we're very lucky and very honoured to, to hopefully be a part of part of the Everest later on in the year. Amazing. Well, you enjoy it, mate. You're in Sydney. You'll be busy at the sales, will you, for Wooden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we um, we had 42 there with Wooden. Um, we were we sold uh, pretty much half yesterday, and going into the second and final day today. And yes, it's busy enough, but still on a high, obviously from Saturday. And, well, yeah. You're also clearly still young enough, George, that you don't get two to two to slash three day hangovers, which is a positive. So, um, well, yeah. yeah. And, and George, if you see one with a club foot, give us a call. <laughs> hey, um, pass on our regards to Charlotte, your, your folks, your grandparents, the whole family. SCNZ was so stoked to watch it. So, um, all the best, man. Thanks for your time. Yeah, will do. Thank you very much. Have a good day, folks. No worries, George Chittick. Great kid. Great family, special family, special moment. It was awesome. Yeah, and just to be, just imagine that walking up there with your grandparents, like he's dead, right? I don't think there's another there's another story like that one. That one that one's for the ages. I don't know if he was meant to say that Gary cried three times. <laughs> if I was the grandfather, I would be having a quiet word to him. <laughs> Seven away from nine. That was one of the best New Zealand sporting successes over the weekend. I wish I win. Dead set. It was awesome. Uh, we're just flying at the moment in this carnival. I'm so proud of all our New Zealand racing people and our horses, and we've got more of it coming up this weekend, and we'll preview that later in the week, Kempe. We're going to wrap the show up after this on SCNZ. Good fun today, Kempe, and uh, the week's going to get nice and busy for us because we've got a lot of sport to get through, including the Masters, mate. We're going to chat to Craig Perks on Thursday morning. Perks, he obviously famously won the Players uh, back in 2002, and, and he covers golf for the TV networks over there. So that'll be a ripping one. And Guy Havelt, who's played the Masters, is going to come on tomorrow after eight. So that's cool. It's nice. Yeah, I can't wait. The Masters is starting to warm up uh, all of those discussions in and around LIV, the PGA, who's going to be uh, in the bunker, in the LIV bunker, and who's going to be in the PGA 
tank because they want to blow it up. They want to <laughs> blow up the live bunker. Let's let's get going. Let's chat about that. Can't wait. And it's been good fun today. Kevin and I are only talking all things UFC, WWE. We talked Premier League as well. We've chatted to George Chittick. That was great chat. Richie Agars, all in the SCNZ app. And one last text there from Charlie. Kevin, you read that one. Which one is this one here, boys? As an... Uh, uh, well, I don't know what that is. Adjourn of global warming has warmed and eaten up. It is not as near as cold as it used to be. Have a look at the TV temperatures. <laughs> <laughs> Great topics, boys. That's from Charlie. Yeah, Charlie, it's not warm down there. Guarantee it. <laughs> I don't think it's that warm, Charlie. Appreciate your time. Appreciate everybody's time. We'll be back tomorrow from 6th at Doyen. Smithy's up next.